not uncommon. It's something they do, and they've been busted for doing it before. Are we at one of those moments in history in which there is the necessity for a new world order? There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of the world. Welcome to Lisa Haven News. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Haven, and this is... Justice Knight. And we've got a bombshell of a report that we want to share with you guys. And to everybody listening, uh, what we want to start with is what is called DNA kits or DNA modification. And I'll give you a little bit of background on it. I'm going to open the floor to Justice Knight because these things are downright creepy. So what is uh, DNA, GNA, G... What am I trying genome, to say? Genome. <laughs> genome. Genome editing. I know it gets there confusing. There you go. Uh, will you give the audience a little bit of background on what that is? Uh, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with CRISPR-Cas9? Because that's kind of where all this stemmed from. And CRISPR-Cas9, and again, I'm not a biological scientist, but I can put it into very easy terms. CRISPR-Cas9 has the ability to go into a strand of DNA and basically clip a, let's say, a mutated segment out, an improper segment. So if there's a disease or a birth defect, in reality, what this should be able to do is go into that DNA strand, snap out the section, and put in a better section in its place, basically reprogramming the DNA strand. So if, to give an example to the audience, in other words, kind of what you're talking about is, let's say I wanted blue eyes, for example. Mm-hmm. So in the future, obviously, it's not something they could do now, uh, but they can create a little, we'll say like a nanobot, a little robot, a little micro robot that targets a certain strand of DNA in my body. And say I wanted blue eyes instead of my brown eyes that I have, they can go in, change the actual DNA of that, and make my eyes blue. Kind of something like that. It's terrifying technology, yes. But not to that level. In, Not yet. In philosophy or in theory, yes, it could get to that point. It could get to that point to make you, you know, He-Man if you wanted to be. And that's the scary part of the technology because this was, when CRISPR-Cas9 was done, it was done in a lab setting, a lab format. What's CRISPR? You're talking about specifically technology. That is what CRISPR-Cas9 yeah, is. Yeah, you have to start with CRISPR-Cas9 because it kind of stemmed all of this. But basically it's taught us that we can go into our genes and start modifying them. So if I wanted to have a baby, and I wanted this baby to be green eyes, black hair, uh, maybe female, Mm -hmm. I could do that with CRISPR-Cas9. Down the road, that that is. That is the theory down the road, yes. Scary, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's scary, but what about the healing capabilities of that? Say there was somebody with HIV, and they wanted to pull out that HIV sequence. Could they do that with CRISPR-Cas9 or something like that in the future? Uh, Yes, that's the theory. And when you do all the reading on CRISPR-Cas9, the upside potential is uh, groundbreaking. It's earth-shattering. It is potentially the only technology thus far that could potentially cure a cancer or an HIV. Now, the tricky part about cancer is it mutates. So even though if you cure it once, you'd have to cure it a second time. You'd have to cure it a third time because the gene would continue to mutate. But prior to this, and let's put it even into more simpler terms, I'll create an elixir or a missile because a lot of times when you talk about CRISPR-Cas9, it was like this missile that would know how to go in your body and target the mutated gene in particular, not every gene in your body. This missile would go around, it would be able to find that gene because you've programmed it through DNA, which we're going to get into later because how they're getting this DNA and how they're trying to figure out these elixirs is, is, is terrifying things. But nonetheless, it has a trace element to it where it can go out. It knows to identify that bad gene that causes cancer. It knows how to snip out that exact gene and put in better material to replace it. In theory, being able to cure cancer. 
Now, remember, none of this has been proven yet. There hasn't been a case that I've read where it's been done. I've heard, we, I think we read one case together about um, it was a carrying of AIDS, correct? Yeah. Where they found that certain... That's the claim. The now, claim. there's no physical evidence yet to back that yeah, up. Yeah, because in actuality, he came back and said, no, my AIDS it went actually up a got bit. up a little bit worse. So it's... It's got some tweaking to do. And the reason we're covering this in such detail is because the technology in itself um, has such... Uh, such potential, such realities I don't think anybody's disputed yet. Like, who's to say you're okay to go in and, and start messing with your DNA? God gave us DNA. So why are we going into what God created and restructuring it? And that's where some of the philosophical debates are going to come in. But if your daughter or my son had cancer and that was the one hope I had, I guarantee you I'm going to probably go after it and say, we got to find a way to cure this. That's the hard part. So you think about it, it, almost at a level, they're playing God, right? Yes. So we can create this human, make it in an image that we want, or we can go in and modify the human race, which draws a scary line because you could literally create a superhuman, like mm-hmm. you hear on TV all the time. I and mean, we have Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have uh, all these different movies that portray something like a superhuman, and in all reality, that's a scary line to say, let's give a human night vision or let's give a human, a human super strength. Imagine the power or the, what, we don't know what repercussions, number one, that's going to have on its offspring. We don't know what repercussions it could have on the human itself. Mm-hmm. We don't know what repercussions it's going to have in God's eyes either. I mean, there's a bunch of things to factor in. So, but the way they're going to sell this technology to the world when it becomes available is absolutely 100% as a healing power, as something that could heal uh, a sickness, heal a disease, if they can get it to that level. Yeah, because you're getting into now what's happening and what a lot of people call biohacking. It's there's scientists, and before when you were dealing with CRISPR-Cas9, it's an original. St- or let's let's take cancer treatment in general. These were multi-million-dollar labs. Every funding was going into these labs. These were controlled, and the FDA would control it, and they would control who you can test it on, and that that would have to come back, and it would take years just to get a single medicine out through the process. Well, when you start to go into DNA and genome editing, this can be done very inexpensively. There's not a huge startup cost. Anybody in basically a home lab can implement CRISPR-Cas9, and so it happened. Biohackers, the one gentleman we talked about, Aaron Trawick, you know, the, the gentleman mm-hmm. who started creating these elixirs. And I can't remember, was it hepatitis or herpes? Which one was he going to inject uh, himself herpes. with? Herpes. So he had this, this potential where I, I have a cure for herpes. And he believed in it so much that he was going to inject herpes. He on did. Life. He did. I'm sorry. He did. Um, I say was because he's now deceased. And that, that's a we'll separate story that. in itself. <laughs> but he... Uh, I mean, to, it's sad. sad. To, to have that much confidence that he had a cure within an elixir. Now, this isn't necessarily CRISPR-Cas9 technology. This was a little bit more of a broad-based treatment. And to understand the dynamics of it is very tricky because nobody really has published articles because this isn't going through your traditional medical channels. No, the FDA has said we don't have anything to do with it. You're taking a risk, and it's your own body, and we don't support that but thus the, far. Not but, that the FDA is the most honest people in the world because they're really not... But it's tricky because these guys are creating what they're calling elixirs and cocktails. And the other gentleman, I can't remember his name. So, so finish the story. He injects himself with this material. Yes. Knowing that he had a cure. He said, I'm going to prove to you that I have a cure that will work on the herpes and I'm going to inject myself. And if marketing or not, nobody knows. But unfortunately, he perished. Right after um, that. Yes. In a separate a drowning. He was in a sensory deprivation tank and drowned in like two inches of water. They found traces of... 
uh, a drug in his body, if that's related or not. Nobody will ever know, unfortunately. Well, here's the interesting part about his death. If he came out with something like that, you can imagine that's going to upset a lot of people, especially big pharmaceuticals, because there's so much money. If he actually did have something that could remove the mm-hmm. herpes or remove other things, you can guarantee that he won't live past tomorrow, which makes the story interesting because he absolutely did it. Now, now come, that's his whole story. Very sad story in and of itself, but when you but don't forget the part of it that he actually was on film being taped in an interview saying, I will give away these medications for the cost of producing it. Yeah. He came out on tape saying, I will give you the cure. If I come up with the cure for cancer, if I come up with the cure for herpes, Venezuela he uses an example. Mm-hmm. If they need help with AIDS, I will give them the cure at my cost. Whoa, how do you do that? Can you imagine these big pharma companies here and that? Wait, we're, getting, we're making billions of dollars on these treatments that last a lifetime because once you're hooked, you are never getting off of them. And again, we are not saying you shouldn't extend your life. We are not saying you shouldn't treat every, you shouldn't try to treat your medication any way you can. Absolutely. But that is a billion dollar industry. Now this... This kid, for all intents and purposes, come out and said, for a couple hundred bucks, I'll create a kit for you. And if it works, great. I'm just going to give it to you for cost. Right, right. And he was on the experimental phases. But this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about for gene editing. Yes, there are benefits to it. And as you could see, Mm -hmm. it's possible. I'm not saying that this is what or did or didn't happen because I just don't know. I I haven't studied the case long enough. But Big Pharma will go after people like that and shut them down. And so will globalists and New World Order because a lot of them want that technology kept under the radar, kept for themselves, if you will. But at the same time, is that technology that we really want released on the population? What are you willing to pay for? What are you willing to give up? Because when you talk about gene editing here, you're talking about a real a thin line between playing God and you've got people that could use it in the very wrong way and then you've got a possible benefit to it. Mm-hmm. So, but and, and nobody knows yet if it can cure certain things. Obviously, it's at an experimental phase and we're not even knowing if they're legally going to take it that far. But either way... I have to ask, so if you, if your kid was suffering from some kind of ailment and that was the answer, would you do it? I, I think it's, it's a tough question because I don't know where the technology is going to go and how, um, how it's working yet. What's the long-term effects? Will the DNA strands start to break down over time with these sequencers in them once it's been repaired? Nobody could prove that because the test of time hasn't been there. It's why the FTC is going crazy because they're trying to figure this all out, obviously. And when you, the other thing, too, is and if, if you're listening in and you're like, I will have no part of this. I don't want to have anything to do with this. I am so far removed from this. Have any of you used Ancestry.com? Just a question. The reason I ask that question is because Ancestry.com, 23andMe, um, there's multiple... They're DNA collection agencies. They collect your DNA, just so you know. They have the right to sell that off to labs, technically based on your express written consent, but you have to sign in a dotted line to use their service. Once you sign on it, they can now spread your DNA to labs for different trials and tests because they're creating these pools of DNA that they're trying to figure out how to work with. I think you even told me there's somebody trying to, what, sequence every DNA strand for plants, yeah. animals, uh, in the world? There's a company that's linked to ancestral heritage. I think it's Illumina. Illumina? I think that was right. I believe that's the name. And they are literally DNA sequencing every bush, every tree, every, uh, or that one one particular, say, you know, your palm trees is going to take a DNA from a palm tree. It's going to take a DNA mm-hmm. from uh, your ver- a poodle, a, a you know, a rat, a mouse. And so they have this DNA bank. Yes, they do. And, then, and that's what ancestral 
you know, heritage sites is doing. how many million people jumped on that? I want to know my ancestry. 23andMe, they want to know what am I predisposition for? What's my, you know, if you look at their chromosomal, their, the way they're mapping it, your genomes, is they're going to tell you, okay, you are more prone to cancer. You're more prone to obesity. You're more prone to diabetes. And people are starting to restructure your life around this. Um, but the, the other thing is that 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 strand of DNA that you've given to uh, you know mm-hmm. what is it Helix? Helix one? is one of them. Helix, is Helix, one of them. and Helix mm. belongs to them. You've just sold your DNA. It's almost as the birthright story that you hear between Jacob and Esau. Esau, who sold his birthright to his brother for a simple meal because he was so hungry. And that's almost what I feel like is happening here with selling our DNA. Which, if you've done it, you've done it. But just be very careful of what you actually give away to these companies because you just never know uh, what what they're doing with it. And, we're, and again, we're, we're painting this with a very broad brush. This is very tight. Technical information it changes every minute, and you don't know how. Some of the information can be very questionable because these guys are working outside traditional labs. They're working outside traditional pharma, which I am not saying is a bad thing, um, and I'm not trying to take that line on that because natural and holistic medicine helps so many people. So again, being outside traditional labs is not necessarily a bad thing, but nonetheless, when you're dealing with genes, I don't know as a Christian how I feel about that. I don't know if you should be messing with what God created, but also would God look at me and say, you have a chance to save your son or daughter based on technology that I gave you the brain power to create. Is, am I sure he's going to say that's not okay to use, or is he going to look at me and say, why didn't you use it? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's such a challenge, and that's going to face us um, for a long time to come. I don't know where you stand on well, that. Well, I think we're, we're a generation that could witness that. We may witness the beginning or possibly our grandchildren's generation. I think we're a little out before they release it to the public. Obviously, it's already there at some level. It's just not released to the public level because we are normally, I believe it's like 20 to 25 years. Maybe some suggest as far as 50 years behind. I think we're about 25 years behind, in all honesty, from what has been uh, leaked out to the public. They're far more advanced than what they let on. So uh, I agree, though. It's just one of those questions that you have to ask. And I guess it's it's that heartfelt question. But in the end, uh, the truth is, you know, I guess you got to leave it in God's hands. But in the end, they cannot play God like that. When you're changing certain things, it just gets to that scary level. I think yeah, you're going to get in a, I mean, I, we, I always tease, and when we talk about it, I tease about movie scripts. It's like, you know, Day of the Dead and, you know, The Walking Dead and all these. That may happen. If, if they mess up one of these cursors the wrong way, I don't know what's going to come of it. True. Well, with that, I want to encourage you guys to check out my YouTube channel. I'm at Lisa Haven, uh, also Justice Knight. At Justice Knight, J-U-S-T-U-S-K-N-I-G-H-T. You can check us out both there. Um, I've also got a website. If you go to lisahaven.news, you can plug in your email address there, and we'll send you a newsletter uh, as far as all that information is concerned. It's not uncommon. It's something they do, and they've been busted for doing it before. Are we at one of those moments in history in which there is the necessity for a new world order? There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of the world. Welcome to Lisa Haven News.